Christian walking in the Spirit. Their life will resemble the life of Jesus. Their words will bring minds and hearts to the topic of Jesus, the gospel. The Spirit-led life will be all about and around the subject of Jesus and the gospel. The first role of the Spirit, in fact, is to highlight Jesus as king. I'm just reading to myself. Trying to decide if I want to say any of that stuff. I think we skip. I think I covered that. It's about one spirit, and it's about endless possibilities. This is pretty cool. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. I want to read another verse that's similar to that. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers. Some of you read this first. To another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit and he distributes distributes them to each one just as he determines. I lined out all the spiritual gifts in this verse one time and read it. And it goes like this. To, there, to one there is given through the Spirit, by means of the same Spirit, to another by the same Spirit, to another by that one Spirit, to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, and to still another. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. You see what we've been talking about all through that. What's the main point of this those, both of those passages, is one spirit working through the whole church, yet expressing himself in a variety of ways. Okay, so in you, the Spirit of God may work in a particular way. Look here, back at 12. And there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service. All right, so uh, you have the gift of mercy, or you have the gift of administration. That's great. And in you with the gift of administration and in you with the gift of administration, it's going to be different. And where you serve is going to be different. You serve in the care ministry, serve in the worship ministry. Right? So administration and worship. So you've got a, a different kind of uh, expression of the Spirit uh, uh, in, in an administrative way in me. And now I'm executing that gift and I'm moving that gift into a particular service area. And then we have a variety of uh, a variety of activities, but it is the same God. So then it works its way out in a different way. So it's working its way through me differently. It's working its way differently through me through a certain service, and the activity that comes as a result is going to be different of that whole thing. How do you put that in a list? You can't. You can't. 
But there are endless possibilities of how the Spirit of God is going to move and what He's going to do. One Spirit, astronomical ways that it's going to work out in the church. It's not about the gifts. It's about spiritness. It's about Jesus. It's about one spirit, endless possibilities. It's about trusting God. Uh, the gifts are not embryonic, right? Um, a spirit doesn't work in you in an infantile way. It's the spirit of God, Right? What's infantile is me. What's infantile is my faith. What's infantile is my, my lack of courage. It's not the Spirit. Learning to live by the Spirit has a lot to do with trusting God. We've got our own faith issues, our own inhibitions, our own fears, our own doubts. And we need the Spirit of God to be working on that gospel's edge in our heart in order that we might be working in the Spirit of God in the context in which we live. A couple quick ones. It's about divine purpose. Right? What we're doing as a church, we're putting our, our collective selves together filled and empowered by one Spirit for a particular purpose, and that is to reach those that are still far from God. I mentioned this before. We always work in community. No one is an, you know, no one's an island of themselves. I, I am bad at a lot of things, but I know how to point to people who are good at things. I don't, I don't, I don't like, like talking that much, surprisingly, like just regular talking. So when someone wants to regular talk to me, I introduce them to somebody. And they go, hey, I'd like you to meet this person. <laughs> in my head, I'm saying, who loves to talk? <laughs> talk. I, who, who in your friend group, who in your church is good at what they do for the kingdom that you're not so good at that you don't get engaged with that person because you don't know what to do with them next? I sat with a, a staff a long time ago, an executive staff, and I said, hey man, you got this problem, and you know it, and I know it, and I haven't brought it up that much because I don't know how to help you with it. My role here is to say, if you don't get help with that, we're going to have to move you into some other space. Sorry, that's all I got. But I want you to talk to this person and this person and this person, and together that team is going to help you get better. Now, I felt like kind of an idiot in that space and very inadequate. Like, geez, you'd think a pastor would have a clue of how to help somebody. My part in that space was lying in the sand and highlight the issue. And then he got phenomenal help. Work together. You, you, you can't and shouldn't do it alone. Uh, it's about yielding. The church has been described as 
what's a group of sheep? I don't know. A flock? Gaggle? Um, I don't know. Group of sheep. The church is a group of sheep that needs a shepherd and needs, needs leaders. Otherwise, it is chaos. We always trust God. Write this down. This is going to be good. We always, we always trust God. We yield to leaders. When people say, hey, I trust you, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know what you mean, but let me set the record straight. I appreciate you yielding to my leadership in this church and where we're going, but please just always trust God because I could be wrong. We yield to our leaders, and sometimes our leaders are wrong, and sometimes they lead us astray, but God never will let us be astray. You always trust God. Trust God. Yield, but yield to your leaders because they're, they're trying to accomplish something unique in the space that you're in. It's about action and excellence. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. I, I've been around long enough that you can learn some stuff in a classroom. But I think the best way to be discipled is to follow Jesus. Go where he is leading you to go. Do what he is leading you to do. Move into it. And if my experience is anything worth knowing about, he's oftentimes going to lead you into spaces where you are not comfortable, you're not confident. We want to go into those spaces. We don't need the Spirit in those spaces. We can rely on me. Follow Jesus into spaces where you need him. If you want to know a big God, you want to walk with the Spirit, then you need to need a big God and need the Spirit of God to show up. It's about action. Move. And do it well, as best you can. I think it's arguable at times of whether or not I'm a, a good preacher. However good I am, I work my butt off to get it right. Oftentimes I think by now, why do I still have to work so hard to do something I'm gifted at? Well, remember, it's, the gift is the Spirit of God, but we are in the way. And we have to keep working, keep practicing, keep trying, keep receiving the mercy of God in the midst of our failures, right? Um, it is a revelation, it is a process uh, the, the way the Spirit of God works. I showed you how it's come about in history, how it came from God into now He's living in us. And even in your own life, you'll grow in your understanding of what it is. Uh, stay in the Scriptures. Stay in prayer. Keep asking God. You will understand more clearly where your giftings actually are. Sometimes we think we're gifted in something we're really not. We just want to be able to do that. But trust me, if you, were, if you were designed to be an apple tree by God and you're trying your whole life to be a, like a lemon tree, it's going to be a long, frustrating life. You keep trying to squeeze out lemons and you're an apple tree. And it's like, it's, it's horrid. You'll discover if you keep pushing how it is God's working his way in and through you. What's the next slide? Keep going, like, to the next, like, big slide. Keep going. 
I don't know what I meant by that. Gracious gifts of God. Uh, did we cover that? I don't even know what that is. Keep going. <laughs> Trusting God. We already covered that. Divine purpose. Covered that. But you know, we've covered all this. Where have you been? <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you for serving. I really do appreciate it. Multimedia people get no attention until something goes wrong. Literally, everybody sits there and like, who cares if there's anybody back there? And then one thing, and everybody's like, what's that dude doing? <laughs> Revelation. Next. Desire. Oh, this is good. Um, uh, where God is calling you to go, he will make evident for you. There's an Old Testament passage that says, and I'm paraphrasing, God will give you the desires of his heart. How many of you interpret that as, God will give me what I desire? That's what we think. Not me. I don't think that. God gives you the desires of your heart. Pray that God would give you the right desires in your heart. Discover what it is the Spirit is doing, not even in terms of what you're going to do, but what you're passionate about, what you like. What you get jazzed about is the Spirit of God putting the desires in your heart. So take your mercy gift, if you've discovered what it is, into that passion, into that desire. That's where he wants you. That's the service. What are you excited about? Go there. What's next? Yep. 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 Cover that. Common good. Uh, common good. Um, we talk about this with the Spirit of God all the time. What we're looking for f as a result of the Spirit are two things. For the good of all and for the glory of God. If what's happening with regard to the Spirit in your life and in the groups of your life and in your church, if it's not good for everybody and glorifying to God, something's gone wrong, right? If you exercising your spirit of, your, your spiritness is causing more disruption than help, something is going wrong. If you exercising your spirit is getting you a lot of attention, something's gone wrong. It's supposed to be God that's getting the glory. Spirit life will be good for the all and give glory to God. I think it's a little definition coming up here. Yeah, apparently. Let's believe some big words here. Uh, a consistent or provisional potential. Well, what that means is the Spirit of God sometimes gives you a particular way of working that's there all the time. And there are other times where something shows up and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I, don't, I can't usually articulate that. I can't usually do that. I don't usually care about that. And the Spirit of God will move into you in a certain way and you'll care. My wife is still disturbed to this day. We took a spiritual gifts test in, from the first years of our marriage and I scored zero on the mercy scale. Zero. I don't, uh, like, uh, which translated to, oh, my husband doesn't give a crap about anything. <laughs> and that's only just slightly off. <laughs> because there are times when I care very deeply about certain things, and I know that's the Spirit of God because I don't have a natural tendency to, to, to care that much. Uh, there was a time at Heritage, and we were, growing too fast and I was the executive pastor over ministry areas and <clears throat> I had we had eight ministry areas that I was overseeing and I can even tell you exactly when this was from 9 to 11 on Thursdays my calendar said care 
So from 9 to 11, I stopped working and driving and measuring and hiring. And I just went and, and cared about people. I just sat down and cared. And God worked through that time. In fact, people would come into my office and go, I know it's not Thursday at 9, but I could use a little, a little compassion right now. You think you could probably muster that even like outside your schedule? And I don't know. Sit down. Let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and don't start, Mike, with, so how's your ministry going? That's not going to go in the right direction. How's your heart? A spiritual gift is a consistent or provisional enablement of the indwelling spirit expressed for the common good, for the glory of God, and to accomplish his purposes. That is what it means to live a spiritual life. That's what it means to be a spiritual person. I asked some other um, uh, people um, what their definition of the spiritual life was or living by the spirit. And here are a couple. Um, I don't think these are. Are these up there? I don't think so. I think I just have these written down. Okay. Okay. Uh, God, bringing glory to himself, advancing his kingdom, meeting a need by his spirit, oftentimes through the medium of a willing person. How about this one? A divinely empowered or spiritually energized potential to minister to the body of Christ by communicating the knowledge, power, and love of Jesus. A gift given by God to move people forward in spiritual matters. How about this one? Divine enablement. Special God-givenness that he entrusts to each of his people in order to involve them in the task of advancing his purposes. Divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. There's a, there's a verse in, uh, in 2 Corinthians um, I think it might be just in First Corinthians. It might be just later in twelve. I think it's eighteen. Uh, yeah, bam. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. So God is up to putting you where He's put you because He's trying to orchestrate a full expression of Himself through that ministry or that church. A spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry in the church. There you go. Um, so let's stop and, uh, and, and deal with some questions. We've got about 20 minutes. I have some other stuff, but, you know, how to discover your spiritual gift. Who wants to know that? How to, how to deploy it, how to make it really work. I know you're interested in that. I can cover those things pretty quickly, actually, but I want to make sure I get some questions and answers done. And, yeah, I don't even care if it's about this. You can ask me why I'm wearing this shirt. Um, what it's like to be married to her, uh, anything. I don't really mind. I don't care. This is your shot. Ask a question. I'll answer it. And it, mostly about this, obviously, but I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. I don't care. Yeah. 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 I think it's like a personality test. 
I think that what it describes is different. And in most spiritual gift assessments, uh, they're using at least the words that we find in Scripture for how, the, how it's been seen that God would work itself out. The only thing that's wrong with them is it, it ends up pigeonholing us and constraining us to just those. When in fact, and then, and then you start thinking, this is all I am, and you start making it like, you're per, like I, that's who I am. It's like, no, that's who God's gifting you. You're still going to probably have some degree of capability in, in all those things. So I do think there's purpose in this, those kinds of things that come along uh, are very helpful to get you out of the blocks, to give you an idea of like, th- this is kind of the framework that, that I'm in. You know, it, I think those things are helpful. And, but just like personality tests, it's like it's not the whole thing. You know, you just can't bank on it like that. But I think they're good starters. We have a, a thing called AssessMe, um, AssessMe.org, I think. And we have people take that and they go through a battery of questions just like a personality test and then they see where they're strong. And it's helpful. Just like with a personality test, it's, 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 maybe those things are as helpful to understand the other person than it is to understand you. Right? You can't figure out why this person keeps blah, like that. And it's like, oh, that's how they're made. Same thing with spiritual gift. Why does this person seem to completely never turn their paperwork? And it's like they're adamantly opposed to turning in any kind of hard paper. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's not what they do. They, they're not, they don't even really know how to do that. They just care about people, you know? So it's helpful because now, now I think, okay, if I know your spiritual gift, I know how to employ that even as a leader. So that's a great question. What else? I knew you were going to ask a question. I was going to call on you. You're welcome. Thanks for the encouragement. Public gifts get all the, they get all the kudos, man. Yeah. 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 A um, couple big things. One, everybody has to understand and need to be told time and again, even the, even the people in public ministry, that what they're doing is valuable and necessary for, this, for the church to be healthy, what it is. It can't be all that it's intended to be without every single person working the way they work and doing what God's done in them. There's a story about a guy who um, was visiting with an old lady in his church um, uh, who was near the end, and she was very, very concerned very concerned of how the church was going to make it without her. And he's like, in his mind going, you don't do anything. So he inquired, he goes, yeah, so what will we have to replace? You know, what, how can we do? And she goes, I don't know, but I pray every day, all day long for the church. And he's like, <laughs> I'm judging, 
I didn't see it in action, and it's there. If, if everybody has to understand and have a, a, a gut level, this is the Spirit of God working in me for the good of all and for the glory of God. And the central problem is pride in everybody. The only reason you're not, up, you're not okay with that, with that gift is because you want more attention. You want more validation. You want more kudos. The person who has the public gift has the same problem. So what I do is we say nobody's expendable. People want me to preach every week. Every week. People will call and say, is Mike preaching? Because if he's not preaching, I'm not coming. I'm thinking, that's not church. That's not about me. And so we have pressure, pressure at times. It's like, Mike, you need to preach. And we're saying, no, no, I'm not going to be the only one. We're going we're gonna to see other people. So you've got to push some people off of the platform and put other people on there because when that happens, suddenly the pride issue is like, this person never seemed all that prideful, but now that you took away their position, they're trying I think, rotate it, man. Push it. Multiply. Give your job away. The best way to see if someone is operating their spiritual gift in a public gift and they're actually getting more satisfaction out of themselves is they're not giving it away. And if they're not giving it away, you've got to force the issue. You've got to have to take a break. Somebody else step in there. See what it's like to just hang out here and be a normal person for a while. Most of us public speakers and leaders, we can't handle it. It's like we don't want to be normal. It's ridiculous. And then you get down and you realize, oh, I am normal. I was all out of whack. It's getting way too much significance from my, my gift. Way too much. I was listening to my feedback. Way too, you know. There's a couple things. I, I can't hang with Keller. He's too smart. What are you doing? Why are you starting with that? Why, why would you say, hey, I was reading Keller, and I'm just te- I'm teasing you. It's, I, I think everybody should read Keller. Stop listening to me. Read Keller. Oh, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what did Keller say? Okay. Okay, good. Well, let me answer that then. I think we can go to Galatians, right? Where's the fruit of the Spirit? Keep in step with the Spirit. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against flesh. Um, wait, does this go to the fruit? Where's the fruit? Yeah, here it is. It's down there. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. None of the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, uh, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, uh, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things alike. You can see the fruit of the non-spirit life Right? Remember we talked about 1 Corinthians 12, 4, different gifts, varieties of gifts, different services, different manifestations, different outcomes, that would be the fruits. 
right? So what comes about as a result of an unspiritual man or woman are all kinds of things that are not good for all and do not bring glory to God and are not healthy. So then you turn to the fruits and you see, okay, so giftings are the things, the way the Spirit is working through us. The, the fruit is what happens on the back end of it. Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This beautiful thing about this is we oftentimes think, yes, we are certainly trying to put our gifts together to move this church forward or this ministry forward for a purpose. But what makes the church able to do its purpose is that it's healthy. So when all the spirit gifts are working together and people working together, the church is joyful, peaceful, all of these things, that speaks loudly to the world and our mission can be accomplished together because we're, we're healthy. So fruit is what's on the back end of the way the Spirit's working through. That's, that's how I would say it. Check Keller. Let me know. He's always right. He's always, Keller's always right. It's annoying. Read everything he writes. N.T. Wright too. Read N.T. Wright. Anybody read N.T. Wright? Yeah, those guys are amazing. What else? Yes, sir. I like the simple construct that the church is about the gospel, about community, and about the Spirit of God. That's who we are. Word, church, spirit. And when I think about the Spirit, I think about that whole progression, that whole arc of the scriptures where God has been coming nearer and nearer and nearer and now resides within us. And I like the idea that we are trying to figure out how to keep in step with the Spirit in such a way that it grows us up and it's good for the church brings glory to God and it helps the church accomplish its mission. Those are the big things. Do you know if, if we could all get, a, get away somehow from our sinfulness, our pride, our self-centeredness, our appetites, our failures, if we could somehow get rid of the flesh we wouldn't need any policies, laws, social constraints among us. The Spirit of God would move perfectly and freely, and we would love each other and be cranking on exactly what God wants us to crank on. The only problem is we're in the way. But God has put the, his own Spirit into the church, and ideally, it causes us 
to love unconditionally and sacrificially and to pour out our lives for those that are far from God. We're just working on getting out of the way of that, basically. Any other questions? Those are great questions. Yep. I would say yes. That's my view. Yeah. I think whenever Paul is listing something, it's a bit ad hoc. It's directed by the Spirit of God. We know that what we have, we have for, on, a, on purpose, specifically. But there are, even the verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 tells us that there are varieties of gifts. If, if it was a compact list, it would say there's nine. No, there's varieties of gifts, varieties of service, varieties of outworks. And it's like you can't get your, you can't put the Spirit in a box You can't describe how the Spirit works and what the Spirit's going to do, which is gifts and fruit. You can't put that in a box. You can't start to define that. You can't put it in a test, on an online test, and think you have it. You can get people started, but you can't lose sight of the fact that this is the, (laughs) I'd say this to my church, it's like, you understand God is living in you? Like, we get comfortable with some of these things, like, yeah, no, not yeah, like what? And how does that, what am I doing to get out of the way of that? All right, I'm going to give you these other things real quick because they're good. I really will only take me five minutes. We'll be done at nine. How do you discover your gift? Pray about it, right? Why? Because prayer is you posturing yourself before God. Prayer is availing yourself to the Spirit Himself. So posture yourself continually, humbly, before God and ask Him for what He wants you to do, how He wants you to do. Take an assessment. When you risk, think about how that felt. What was it like doing that? When you're operating in your gift, there is like no better feeling. And that's okay. Take your cues from some of that. It's not, it's not perfect, but how do you feel? What is the fruit? What comes out of it? Is what come out of it a bunch of people uh, telling you how good you are? At that, that's all we're looking for. Something's gone wrong there. You're, you're either misguided in your use of that or you're trying to do something for the wrong reasons. Here's a big one. The best way. This is the best way. Do you know what it is? You know the best way to understand how you're wired? How God's gifted you? Just ask the people who are close to you. If they're honest, they'll tell you what they've wanted to tell you for years. You're going to stop doing that, man. You're terrible at that. Uh, you want to discover 
your gifts, pray. Do some assessment. Get some feedback. Serve. Just go. Just get out there and do something in a space you're uncomfortable. See what God does. I'm going to skip that. We've talked about a lot of this. Some of the pitfalls. Um, do I have pitfalls? I don't know if I have that up there. Yeah, flip it. Deployment. No. No. No, stop that. Just stop it. Um, pitfalls. Don't ignore spirit. Don't ignore it. Don't, don't, don't put it aside. Don't try to shut it down because you don't like it uh, or it's uncomfortable or it causes you to be risk-taking. Don't avoid the spirit. Just lean in there. Trust God in it. Uh, don't pigeonhole yourself or others. Those are some, these are some pitfalls. Comparison. Wicked, wicked. Comparison, bad, bad. Do not compare. That's your eyes on the wrong thing. Don't compare ever, anywhere. Um, don't process everything through your gift. That's another pitfall. Don't, don't think nobody else, nobody else gets it because nobody else has the mercy heart. It's just, we're just different. Um, everybody's, everybody's different. Don't forget that love is always central. You know, Paul talks about that. It's like, look, you can have all the different spiritual gifts you want, but if we're not loving each other, none of that matters. Okay, three minutes. Gift deployment. That's how you deploy your gift, right here. Gift deployment. Motive. Remember the purpose of your gifts. Keep that in mind. I'm gifted. Spirit lives in me. Why? For what purpose? The good of others, the glory of God. Remember your motive. Move. Like I've already said this a thousand times. Get out there. Just get out there and trust in God. Get yourself involved in other ministry type things that you wouldn't normally do. Volunteer for that. Just do that. Uh, stay moldable. This is transformation. Just keep changing. Remember that you're the one, I am the one, we are the ones in the way. So part of the spirit work is changing us into the kinds of people that are intended, we're intended to be by God and getting out of the way of the spirit as much as we can. So always have your motives right. Move, get out there, stay moldable, moldable and then magnify. Really, it's like, it's really similar to motive. Just remember to always be redirecting things uh, to, go, to God. Help others discover theirs. Help them do it for the good of others and the glory of God, right? Always redirect attention that way. And then the last one would be, um, and I think I've implied this pretty, pretty well, anticipate mess and difficulty. It's always disconcerting when I pray for a missions team and we send them off because I always say the same thing. I say, well, uh, something's going to go wrong and it's going to go wrong pretty soon. Just be ready for that anticipate it's going to be hard when you take risks for God. That's part of the deal. That's part of the refining process. It's hard. Anticipate conversations like the ones you had in your little groups where it's just like, whew, remember why you're doing it. And then to finish at 8.59, I've never done this before. Nine o'clock. Never. Um, 
This is a guy, I don't even remember who, he, who it is. His last name is Storms, apparently. I wrote this down a long, long time ago. I just drudged it up. Listen to this. This is pretty good. We'll finish with this. So look for a need and meet it. That's my definition of a leader, by the way. Someone who sees a need and meets it. I saw a nine-year-old boy in line at a restaurant say to his dad, this place is filling up pretty fast. There's one table left over there. I'm going to go get it. I'm like, boom. I'm going to keep my eye on that dude right there. Look for a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. Be alert to the cry for help. Answer it. Listen for the voice of God. Speak it. Identify someone's weakness. Overcome it. Look for what's missing. Supply it. When you do, the power of God, energizing, enabling, charismatic activity of the Holy Spirit will equip you perhaps only once, possibly forever, to minister hope and encouragement to those in need. So if you're still wondering what your gifts might be, act first, ask later. Uh, We put all this in your hands, Jesus. Uh, Thank you for your work on the cross, um, um, your saving grace, your love for us, uh, the sending of your spirit. Uh, Thank you for being the head and the leader of the church. Help us to follow you, to live by your spirit, change the world. Amen. Thank you guys. Awesome. Fun.